As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. In these online services, sermons, readings and prayers, newly recorded by our clergy, congregation and choir members, are woven together with hymns and choir anthems drawn from our extensive archive of recordings from past services. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist 
on this, the fourth Sunday after Trinity, wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not our hold on things eternal. Grant this, Heavenly Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 24, beginning at the 34th verse. Laban said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become wealthy. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female slaves, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and he has given him all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house, to my kindred, and get a wife for my son. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will only make successful the way I am going. I am standing here by the spring of water. Let the young woman who comes out to draw, to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink, and who will say to me, drink and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with her water jar on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew. I said to her, Please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will also water your camels. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcar bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Then I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me by the right way to obtain the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you will deal loyally and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me so that I may turn either to the right hand or to the left. And they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will. So they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse, along with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Then Rebekah and her maids rose up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had come from Beer Lahairoi and was settled in the Negeb. 
Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field, and, looking up, he saw camels coming. And Rebekah looked up, and when she saw Isaac, she slipped quickly from the camel and said to the servant, Who is the man over there, walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself, and the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to you. The epistle is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 7, beginning at the 15th verse. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact it is no longer that I do it, but sin that dwells within me. 
for I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer that I do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind I am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh I am a slave to the law of sin. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your generous will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I have often had cause to reflect that Almighty God has a very interesting sense of humour. For evidence of that, you need look no further than my own life story and the fact that I have spent over 30 years as an ordained minister of the Church of England. What is so funny about that, you might ask? Well, for starters, because during my youth, I was profoundly dismissive of all kinds of organised religion, and indeed I regarded the Church of England with little more than contempt. Because as a young left-wing radical, as I liked to think of myself in those far-off days, the Church of England seemed to me to represent the most narrow-minded, out-of-date, and out-of-touch manifestations of respectable Middle England imaginable. It was certainly deeply uncool. And the idea of church services, where you were expected to sit passively while being lectured at by some man, and it always was a man in those days, who spoke down to you from a pulpit six feet above contradiction, as the saying went, really didn't do it for me. And what was all that antiquated language about as well? In short, if the chances of my even becoming a churchgoer were virtually non-existent, the likelihood of my becoming an Anglican priest was frankly laughable. So, as I say, 
the Lord has an interesting sense of humour. What on earth was it that caused such a seismic shift in my own worldview? A shift that resulted not only in my giving my life to God, but choosing to do so within the context of the Church of England, an institution that I had previously so despised. Well, there was a whole chain of events, chance encounters, and groundbreaking conversations that led me to the point where I finally realized that I needed to suspend my disbelief, take a deep breath, and just give it a go, even if only to confirm my conviction that there was nothing in this religion malarkey. But what I want to talk about this morning is what happened next, what it was that I encountered when I finally did have the humility and the courage to set aside all my prejudices and preconceptions, take a deep breath and plunge in. Because what I found was not at all what I was expecting. To begin with, I had never fully appreciated before quite how radical Jesus was, how he overturned all the cultural assumptions of his day and so antagonized and challenged the religious authorities that they ended up plotting to destroy him. There was nothing remotely middle class or respectable about Jesus. And I was also astonished to encounter a God of love, not the rather limp being generally nice to people and well-behaved kind of love, but rather a love that was robust and powerful and costly and life-changing. And I was startled to discover how extraordinarily insightful the Christian faith was and is about human nature and the reality of human life in a way that is utterly timeless, transcending all boundaries of culture. Somehow, I found that it addressed the whole of life in all its complexity, acknowledging every facet of who and what we are, our amazing capacity for love and self-giving, our frailty, the darkness that lurks within the hearts of even the best of us, which can lead us to do harm to others. The marvellous, disturbing, complicated, glorious mess that is human life. It was all there. In our second reading this morning, St Paul, writing to the Christians in Rome, gives us a powerful and disconcertingly personal example of this when he writes... I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate, for I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. I suspect that if we are honest, most of us have been there and know exactly what Paul is talking about here. And remember that this is St. Paul speaking, a Premier League saint, talking about his own all-too-human struggle to live a life worthy of his calling. This is heady stuff. 
And so it was that I began to recognize that contrary to all my expectations, the Christian faith was very much alive and spoke to me very powerfully and very directly in the here and now. And as I explored that world in ever greater depth, so too I started to understand what the life of the church and its worship was all about. I began to discover something of the importance of community, because although our journeys of discipleship are unique to each one of us, the life of faith needs to be lived out in relationship with others. And it is within community that we are best placed to learn from one another and to grow and to encounter God in ways that nurture us and feed us and challenge us. And I also started to see the point of ritual and of tradition, of a kind of worship that engages our bodies and our senses as well as our hearts, and of a style of preaching that feeds our minds as well as touching our souls. I was encountering a faith that was rooted in a tradition that had withstood the test of time, but it was also a living faith that has the power to speak to each new generation afresh. In this morning's gospel reading, Jesus observes that it is the very same people who are accusing John the Baptist of being demon-possessed on the grounds that he neither ate nor drank, who are also those who are accusing Jesus of being a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners because he does eat and drink. In other words, there was no logic or coherence to the accusations of his opponents. They were simply determined to find ways to undermine the credibility and trustworthiness of the Baptist and of Jesus without having any intention of finding out the truth about them. Reading that text, I was reminded of my own young self all those years ago, standing outside the institutional church and its traditions, determined to find reasons to sneer at it all, but having no desire whatsoever to have my prejudices challenged. Two days ago, I marked the 32nd anniversary of my ordination as deacon. So for 32 years, I have been striving to live the Christian faith as one of its ordained ministers, as well as being a disciple of Christ. And even after all these years, I still find that the deeper I explore, the more there is yet to discover. I am constantly finding out how little I really know because this amazing ocean, the sea of faith, is so infinite in its wonder and its depth. Those who embrace the Christian faith should not expect an easy life. Discipleship will inevitably take you well out of your comfort zone because this is a faith that is all about love, and love, properly understood, will always be costly. And it is a faith that challenges our assumptions about 
everything we assume to be the case. As Jesus says in our Gospel reading today, God has hidden things from the wise and the intelligent and has revealed them to infants. But alongside all the challenge, it is also the path to achieving a quality of inner peace that has also far exceeded my imagining. Hence, in our Gospel reading, Jesus says this, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And it is true. There have certainly been times in my life when I have found myself shouldering burdens that felt far beyond my strength to bear. But I have learned to place those things carefully and prayerfully at the foot of the cross and to entrust them to the God who is all compassion. That is not abstract theorizing. That is an experience that for me has been extraordinarily real and liberating on the path to inner peace. And that is the message that a world so beset by spiritual turmoil so urgently needs to hear. In the words of today's prayer after communion, Eternal God, comfort of the afflicted and healer of the broken. You have fed us at the table of life and hope. Teach us the ways of gentleness and peace that all the world may acknowledge the kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory, to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, 
who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we gather together in spirit, we pray that your guidance will encourage governance to reflect virtue in action, such that consensus-oriented, accountable, efficient, and equitable decisions are taken, that the governed will have faith in governance, that rule-makers will be rule-takers. Dear Lord, in light of the Black Lives Matters movement, we pray that all people on earth of colour are treated with dignity, that reparation is not tokenism, that the future is devoid of discrimination, for the past is our present, the present echoes our past. Let us not recycle history, turn back or turn our backs. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the shadow of the virus, we pray for the viability of the performing arts, never forgetting how they educate, inform and bring joy, how they can be subscriptions for mental and physical therapy. We pray for journalists and those working in the media who risk their lives to highlight injustice. We thank you, Lord, for helping us in these dystopian times for refreshing our appreciation of the natural world, all God's creation. We pray for the fertility of allotments and community gardens, wherein the joy of distance camaraderie, we can grow vegetables, tomatoes and lettuces and cucumber and cabbages, fruit, loganberries and raspberries, apples and plums, and flowers, scented roses, allium, irises. Lord, in your mercy, we thank you, Lord, for enabling us to experience clear skies and clear air, phenomena which have entered our urban horizons unexpectedly. May this experience be an enduring one. In thinking of our Lord's built-up world, we pray for the urban landscapes, which through every street we venture alone and within our bubbles, we learn about our social history. It's enlightening, sometimes deeply disturbing truths. We pray for our babies, our toddlers, our teenagers, our young men and women the middle-aged and elderly, that their futures may not be blighted economically, emotionally, and physically by a scourge we cannot see. We pray for the soul of Jerry Wright, a much-loved member of our church, and his family in grief. 
we pray for the clergy of our faith and other faiths, for Alison and Jeff, our virgins, David and Robin, and their helpers, Brian and Simon, those who coordinate our online services, our staff, Claire, James and Sally, Joanne Forrest, who leads our Sunday school online and in person, our choir, and the people in every corner of the earth who join us each Sunday in spirit. We pray that soon we may all touch and kiss one another if the urge strikes us, radiant in the warmth and sun of the rectory garden we love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Eternal God, comfort of the afflicted and healer of the broken, you have fed us at the table of life and hope. Teach us the ways of gentleness and peace, that all the world may acknowledge the kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.